No matter how many times we check that holiday grocery list, we always seem to end up driving back to the store, sometimes in winter weather. Cook up a little extra safety this season with Life360. Life360 membership offers families comprehensive, simple-to-use safety and coordination features for life at home, online, and on the road. Driving safety features include 24-7 roadside assistance and crash detection with emergency response for your drivers and passengers. Advanced location sharing allows you to stay coordinated throughout the day without sending a single text. And digital safety features like ID theft protection safeguard your family's data. But it doesn't stop there. With Life360, a live specialist is always just a tap away. Get medical assistance, travel support, and disaster response around the clock for each family member. Rather than spending thousands on 10 different subscriptions, Life360 simplifies safety, starting at just $4.99 a month. Life360 is the recipe for family safety this holiday season. Head to life360.com parenting. That's life360.com parenting. Welcome to Parenting Bites. This is Rebecca Levy. I'm here today with Amy Oztan of Amy Ever After. Hi. Hello. And Andrea Smith, technology guru extraordinaire. Hello. Today on the show, we have Melissa Clark, who we love, 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 food writer, cookbook author, New York Times food columnist, um, my go-to woman for recipes of all kinds. Every time I see Melissa's name on a recipe I'm looking at, I know it's going to be good. So, Oh, I have a funny story. My daughter ordered um, takeout shrimp scampi the other day, and my husband tasted it, and he was like, no, 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 no. And then the next night, he made Melissa Clark's recipe <laughs> and was like, this is how it's supposed to taste. It's so true. I, you know why? Because um, she actually tests all her recipes like a thousand times, which um, is what happens when you use recipes that don't come out. It's usually because someone hasn't tested them to death, um, which is what happens with a lot of food bloggers, I think, sometimes. And cookbook authors who aren't actual cookbook authors who don't actually cook. <laughs> so, well, I always um, say that's why I have like 10 recipes on my blog because I test them for a year and then I'm so sick of them that I never post them. Right. Well, it's so funny. My daughter said, because my daughter's begun to cook and, and she's like, this recipe, like I always have to add so much more of this, 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 this. I'm like, who is it? And she told me and I'm like, oh yeah, his recipes. I'm like, they never taste like anything. I'm like, you always have to like double the spices. And double the, oh, <laughs> double my cook, my thing. cookbook club. We did a book where like all of us without consulting each other, we got around the table for the final meal and we were all like, nothing is seasoned. Like we <laughs> all had weird? to add so much more. I'm going to consult with you after and see if it's the same writer. Yes, because it was I bet hilarious. it is. Um, but I know maybe he just has a really sensitive palate. <laughs> uh, maybe that's a problem. But anyway, Melissa is joining us on the show today. We're going to talk about sort of smaller holiday stuff. We're going to have a lot of talk about cookies because let's, let's get real. That's what the holidays are about. And then we're going to talk about her new cookbook, Kid in the Kitchen, which is not just for kids. And first of all, it's not for little kids. It's like tweens, teens, but also for those of us adults who maybe are new to the kitchen or like looking to expand what they do in the kitchen, sort of break out of your comfort zone and realize you can do a lot more than you think. So we will... it's for Andrea. It's basically for me. Yeah. And like, or, or like if you're, if you cook a lot, but you never learned the basics, like you never learned, like, why am I doing it this way? Right. Right. 
Like, like the recipe says to do this, but I'm not sure how to do it. And why do I have to do that? So that's what I do. I look at a recipe and I kind of argue with it. Like, really? Why do I have to do that? It's <laughs> yeah, no, so much really. easier to do it this <laughs> totally. way. Totally. I just did it. Um, I just made a brisket the other night. And I'm like, why am I, do I have to brown it, like sear it, if I'm going to now cook it for five hours? Like, right. So I did it because they said to, but I was like, I think it's about caramelizing and like getting that caramelized flavor, but it's kind of annoying. <laughs> it's, a, it's a four pound thing. I got to like brown and flip and do all stuff. Yeah. But all right, well, we will be right back with Melissa Clark, and she will tell us why we have to do the things we do in the kitchen. The award-winning podcast, Good Night Stories for Rebel Girls, is back with an all-new season. This time, you'll meet amazing immigrant women from all over the planet that have changed the world in so many ways, like Carmen Miranda, an acclaimed dancer and movie star from Brazil, or Teresa Lee, an activist working to bring dreamers out of the shadows. The Rebel Girls podcast has been named Best Family and Kids Podcast by the Webby Awards, which is like the Oscars for the internet, the Best Educational Podcast by the New York Radio Awards, and rated the Top Educational Podcast by iTunes. Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls is narrated by inspiring women like Melinda Gates, Jamila Jamil, and so many more. This podcast is made by Rebel Girls for Rebel Girls, which means it's told from a women-first perspective, flipping the script on the textbooks, which have historically filtered the female experience through a male lens. Give the Rebel Girl in your life the confidence to dream bigger and find Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls award-winning educational podcast on your favorite player. We are back with our guest, Melissa Clark, food writer, cookbook author, food columnist at the New York Times, and author of new cookbook, Kid in the Kitchen. Hi, Melissa. Hi. We are so happy to have you with us today. Um, We have been talking sort of, I guess, every week we sort of lament the smaller holiday that is, you know, that one that passed, Thanksgiving, and now the two that are upon us, Hanukkah and Christmas, and I guess even New Year's Eve. Um, So we really were excited to have you on the show to help us sort of figure out what smaller holiday, but not less joyous holiday looks like and then also to talk um cookies because let's face it like you're not going to scale down your cookies like <laughs> that's not <laughs> no happening. i think in fact you're going to eat more <laughs> i think you can never have too many cookies around you know it's like no matter how many you bake they always get eaten it's amazing <laughs> you <laughs> think is. there'd be like at some point they'd be like okay you know what i've had enough cookies that just does not happen <laughs> and you know what and you're mad when someone ate the last one like it's not even like you're sick of it you're like who did that my husband is the one who always like he manages to always eat the last cookie i'm like how do you do that <laughs> that's like a sense of entitlement i think you have to explore with him <laughs> i always have my daughters eat the last cookie but put the bag back what oh. is that that oh, is so what mean. is that about <laughs> Isn't that horrible yeah, Dolly does that too. My daughter does that too. She'll like, yeah, it's always like, I'll go into the crackers and there's like a half a cracker left. I'm like, you know. <laughs> She's like, just eat it and throw away the box, please. Exactly. Or at least let me know that they're running down, especially those peanut butter crackers that are just so salty, sweet, yummy. You know yeah. what I'm talking about, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> those are a special thing. All right, so let's let's talk. <laughs> let's, let's, let's get down. I want to know what you're doing for your pared down holiday um, cause you usually cook for a lot of people. Yeah, that's, that is true. This is a crazy year. Um, I can tell you though, um, I love, I, so every, 
year. And not every single year, but most years, we have some kind of latka party where we I make a ton of latkes um, and I have everybody over and we just eat latkes until we can't eat anymore. And it is so fun because it's just like this, ex- it's like decadent in that you don't have to cook the latkes if you come over to my house, right? Like, it's just such a nice thing for my friends and my guests. And it's just, you know, we all stuff our faces with, you know, crispy fried potatoes. And I always have, you know, smoked salmon along with the applesauce and the sour cream. I love smoked salmon and I love salmon roast. So this is a super fun party and we're not doing that. And in a way, I'm super sad, but I'm also relieved because after a latke party, my house smelled like fried, always smells like frying oil for at least four days. So, and my hair and all my clothes. <laughs> Wait, that's a bad thing? Well, I was going to ask you it, about that. <laughs> it kind of is. After You know, you know what that it fried is. food smell? You, know, you smell like fried, like a fast food restaurant. You know, it's just like, it's like they're great but maybe they don't smell so good so that is one i'm trying to look for silver linings you guys i'm doing the best i can (laughs) good friends of mine who have a latke fest every year they decided to still have it this year they've moved it to the stoop of their brownstone and they're calling it a drive-by latke fest so you just like walk or drive by and i don't know they're going to toss one to you from six feet on their stoop (laughs) oh my god wow that's super ambitious that's we thought about that we're like how could we do it outside but we we can <laughs> we can't we're not it's not happening. my friend did latkes last week in fact i walked into her house and it smelled like oil burning for days you know her husband said he went to the doctor and the doctor was like are you feeling okay you smelled so bad <laughs> um so we did latkes last week so i texted my sister this morning and said you know i don't have a traditional hanukkah dinner is it okay if i have scallion pancakes instead of potato pancakes for dinner <laughs> Oh, and she was like, sure. I love that idea. I love that idea. Well, I mean, don't get me wrong. We're still having latkes. In fact, we already had latkes once this week because I was like getting ready. Um, And we're going to have them again on Saturday night. And I can't wait. I'm going to make a bunch. And, you know, they're perfect when I really like them fresh, but they're pretty good reheated too. So it makes some extras. And um, it's just going to be my family, my small, you know, myself, my husband, my daughter. I'm going to go over to my mom's the next day and distantly hand her some lockies <laughs> that she could, um, lockies that she can reheat, you know, and if you do them in the broiler, they get crispy again. So she's yeah. going to do that. So now are you a sour you know, cream or an applesauce person? I'm savory with the latkes. I like sour cream and I really like smoked salmon and caviar because, you know, ah, who doesn't, right? Right. <laughs> I feel like everyone should have extra of that this year because if it's going smaller, you might as well like buy yourself really nice, expensive f- food, you know, because you don't have to worry about it spreading out for a lot of people. That is true, actually. You can, you know, that's one of the things, you know, speaking of, um, you mentioned New Year's Eve, that is actually what we're doing for New Year's Eve. We're like, you know what, we're just going to buy so much caviar because it's just, it's it's just you know us so we don't, we're not spending any money <laughs> except for that right. so that is actually we're going to get that we're going to go for the etc we're going to do the the good stuff but you know i mean i do believe that there is something cozy and nice about it just being the three of us um you know every once in a while i wish i, I i'm like how do you how do i get rid of my like no sleepovers like how do i get rid of my daughter just so to have a romantic evening like that's not happening this holiday oh, season no. we're not going to go have like a you know romantic date holiday date that we usually do but it is also nice that we have her you know and that we can all hang out so it's like it's you know pluses and minus I don't know do you guys feel the same way um to an extent I I don't really Christmas is usually really small for us anyway it's usually just the four of us but my son is living with my mom right now so that's a little too small for me like that it'll be my first Christmas without my son 
Oh, that's going to be hard. Yeah, but I want to send them a lot of cookies to make up for it. Yes, okay. And this okay. is my first time mailing cookies, so I'm nervous. <laughs> I don't want them all to get there in pieces. Yeah, so, okay, so I think that's another thing that is exciting. Um, think of all the joy that baking a bunch of cookies and sending them to your son and to all our friends, it, you know, think of that. Like, that's going to be a really great thing. So, yes, bake cookies. Um, I, this is what I think you should do. Does he like brownies? Is he a brownie oh, guy? Oh, they're like his favorite. Okay, I would do, rather than try to do a lot of different kinds of cookies, I would double down on the brownies because brownies ship really well. They last well, they ship well because they're not crumbly so they don't fall apart. And what you can do is top the brownies with different like festive things. Like some of them should have crushed up candy canes and some of them can have M&Ms and some can have pretzels to, or potato chips, actually potato mm. chips, brownies. That's a really good thing. Um, or, um, you know, colored sugar, you know, or chopped up Oreos, like just go to town on the, and really just vary the toppings and send him that because they travel well, they won't get smushed. And, um, when you're packing them in a box, so a couple of things, always pack the box as full as possible so they don't move around. And when you've packed the box as full as you can, stuff some like extra paper towel or tissue paper in there so they really don't move. And then put your box in another box with some more like crumpled up newspaper or, you know, I actually hoard bubble wrap. As soon as I get bubble wrap from something, I put it in a big thing. <laughs> so it's like, I have all this bubble wrap saved from all of my packages. Um, or even, you know, those um, padded envelopes that you get sent with all of, like all the stuff we're all ordering online obsessively, all of the Hanukkah gifts and the Christmas gifts, those padded envelopes are lined with bubble wrap. So you can use those inside your box. So box within a box, Pack it real tight so it doesn't move around and it'll be fine. He's going to get them and he's going to be so happy. It's actually not, you know, once you get over the idea, okay, I'm not going to send like 15 different kinds. I'm just going to keep it super simple, a bunch of different, or Blondie's work, you know, bar cookies, sturdy bar cookies, and they're going to arrive in one. They're going to be fine. Oh, he would absolutely go crazy if I sent him an entire box of brownies. So my grandma used to send me cookies. She used to make these cookies that I've literally been on the hunt for um, because she developed Parkinson's at some point and stopped being able to make them and then never wrote down the recipe. Um, but they were kind of like regula, but they weren't regula. <laughs> so they're like hard, but she sent them every year to us. And she always sent them in like the Dutch, you know, sugar cookie tins. Um, she would buy like a pack of those, like whatever they are, those, I can't, Danish, that's what they are. Those Danish oh, yeah. butter yeah. cookies. She would like probably eat all the butter cookies and then she would use those tins to send us her cookies um so it was always like that tin inside another box um so it was kind of awesome because she would send it to us and they would smell like the butter cookies that had been in there but those tins are really cheap if yeah you... those that's a great idea actually you know what you can do with the cookies inside those tins make rum balls mm crush them up and make it because you know you need cookies to make rum balls and I always do actually I do bourbon balls I like bourbon better than rum but like same idea you know like crush it crush up the cookies and then you add the cocoa and the nuts and the whole thing and then you know douse it up with booze that is like the perfect thing and then grown-ups get to eat the boozy you know rum or bourbon balls you get the tin pack it full of cookies and send it off or brownies or I bet those um did she use cream cheese in the dough? I'll bet, bet her cookie, did, they, did yes. they hold up okay when she sent them? See, any moist cookie that has like a cream cheese dough, actually ruggalach, um, you can mail those really well also. It's just like the shortbread, crumbly type of cookie that will fall apart. 
Right. Like if it's going to fall apart in your home, it's definitely going to fall apart in the mail. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. Try dropping it from a high place onto a plate. <laughs> right. See, what, <laughs> See what, happens. what happens. Yes. And if you have your dog nearby, they'll be very excited. <laughs> yeah. So where I do tech tests and drop cell phones to see if they break, you can drop right. cookies. That's, that's great. <laughs> exactly. That's so funny. I have a question for you about like fancy sugar cookies. How do people make them so pretty? I've tried, I've like made the royal icing, whatever. It never looks like that. It also, it's like, I have a friend who has a gift for doing it, but I, I'm determined. <laughs> like, okay. I, I mean, I cheat. I can't. Okay. So one thing I hate is piping bag. I, they make me crazy. Like putting the royal icing mm-hmm. in the piping bag and then trying, I, I'm, I just can't draw. I can't even draw a straight line with a pen. I really can't do it with a piping <laughs> bag. So it's just never going to, I guess it's just not going to happen. Plus I'm way too impatient. Um, if any of this sounds familiar to you, then maybe you should try one of my tricks. Uh, I take my royal icing, I thin it down with just a few drops of water or you can use vanilla extract actually. And then I Die, and I take this royal icing, I make a big batch and I put, I divide it up in, in like, I get a muffin tin and I divide it up into, tw- you know, the 12, um, holes of the muffin mm-hmm. tin and I dye each one a different color with food coloring. And then I just use a paintbrush like a, a, or like a pastry brush and just paint them on the cookies. And then I take sparkly sugar and sprinkle it all over the top. It is so much easier. And I think they look great. I mean, they don't look fancy like, you know, the ones with the piping bags, but they look festive and they look pretty. And plus you get the crunchy texture of all that colored sugar. So Try this sometime. I really, this is my, this is how I do my cookies. My sparkly gingerbread. Um, there's a recipe um, on the NYT cooking website for it. And it just saves you if you are not, you know, if you, if you lack that OCD thing that you yes. need to be like a perfect pastry <laughs> chef, this is, this is your friend. <laughs> Wait, that's perfect. That's, it's really genius for gingerbread because yes. even if you like piping, gingerbread should not be covered in a bunch of, of icing. Like you should taste the gingerbread. So that's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. It's a much thinner coating too, right? Because you're just painting it on. So. Right. No, I love that because last year my husband bought me a personalized cookie cutter of my dog's face. No. (laughs) No, you can get that? Yes. I will send you the link. Um, I need that in my life. (laughs) So she and she's like light brown um, with white markings. So we were going to make gingerbread faces of her this summer. And we were like, how are we going to do the white marking? But that's perfect. If I have little paintbrushes like that, then we can get in the crevices of where she's white. And um, oh, now I'm like super excited. That actually works really (laughs) well. My daughter, last year we did corgis for everyone. We actually took a fox cookie cutter uh, and we (laughs) repurposed it into a corgi. No tail for you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we cut the tail. Exactly. You just cut the tail right off. <laughs> you eat that. and <laughs> That's so funny. All right. So cookies. So you do, I mean, when you're cookie box in New York Times, like you really do have this love. It was like a cheese board. It reminded me of. It was like something crunchy, something sweet, something boozy, something, you know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yes. I mean, but you know, for the most, I've never mailed those. I mean, those are the, those cookie boxes that I do. Um, you know, in, in, in the, in before times, you would see lots of people over the Christmas season, the holiday mm-hmm. season, and you'd hand them a box. So, um, I think about mailing the cookies a little bit differently. I wouldn't put, I mean, gingerbread are actually pretty sturdy. And if you roll them out, you know, instead of rolling them into thin wafers, if you roll them out a little bit thicker, like a quarter of an inch, they'll probably be okay. 
I mean, not as good as brownies. I'm telling you, brownies and bar cookies, those are perfect to nail. But you could get away with some gingerbread too. They'll probably be fine. But again, it's like the spritz cookies, as much as I love those for handing out, they are just that, those are your crumbs. Like they become crumbs immediately. You look at them and they start to become crumbs. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So let's, I want to actually talk a little bit about your new cookbook. Fantastic. Yeah. Because um, I love it. So it's called Kid in the Kitchen. And I think, you know, one of the things that happened over this pandemic was that people really did start including their kids in cooking more and more, almost out of necessity, just for the boredom factor of their kids. But also maybe like, I can't just do this alone three times a day anymore. <laughs> oh, my God, seriously. That, you know, I wrote most of the book before the pandemic, you know, this book has been in the works for a while. But as I was finishing it up, as we were going into lockdown the first time in March, and it really occurred to me, you know, I, when I when I initially set out to write the book, I'm like, okay, I need to teach my daughter to cook, but she's not going to listen to me because I'm her mom, first of all. You know, it's like, she's like, okay, I want to cook. And kids want to cook. They're so much more interested than I was, you know, when I was a kid. I started getting interested a little bit later. But now, like, you know, eight, nine, 10-year-olds, even littler kids are getting interested. But what I did see out there was a, a, a book that was like for tweens, you know, mm-hmm. for like tweens and teens. Kids who are like, you know, you don't have to warn them about basic safety. Like they understand that fire is hot and knives are sharp, right? But they do need handholding with how to, and they don't want you in the kitchen with them, but they do need handholding with how to read a recipe. And so what I did was I was like, all right, let me teach kids. I'll take recipes that interest them, you know, recipes that my daughter helped me come up with a recipe list. These are all kid approved recipes. There's of course, pizza, there's, you know, grain bowls, there's all kinds of really cool salads and um, tacos and ramen and even Vietnamese pho. But I'm going to break the, I'm going to make them simple and I'm going to break the steps down and just handhold them a little more, give them a little more detail of what things should look like and when they should take things off the heat and when they should, you know, how, like, what does it mean to dice, you know, a carrot and set them up for success so that they can go into the kitchen without their parents and they can cook dinner for you or for themselves. They can make their own snack. They can make their own avocado toast. They can make their own pancakes. And so that was the original intent. But as the pandemic happened, I was like, oh my God, they're going to make dinner for me. They, I, need, <laughs> I need a sous chef. I can't stand it anymore. And, and it just, you know, I don't know about you, but my workload increased when the pandemic started. And then I was also cleaning, you know, the, because everyone was home all the time. Somehow the house was dirtier. Mm-hmm. So I was like cleaning uh-huh. more and no one was helping me as much as I felt like they should. I just felt like, oh my God, I'm alone trying to like steer this entire ship of a house and I need to put people to work and putting my daughter to work in the kitchen. Like this book was perfect. I was like, okay, you get that book and you, you know, you're, you're in charge of salad and you're in charge of side dish today, or maybe you're in charge of dinner and I'm going to do salad today. And it just was, it was so good because she could do it. She didn't need me. She could follow the recipe by herself. She could make something that she was proud of. And it got her really excited about cooking. And that's what I think it's just such a good, it's like the perfect time for that. Cause yeah, we need the help. We parents need the help and they need to, you know, they need to up their game a little bit in terms of helping us around the house right now. So, um, and it's something that they, I mean, believe me, my daughter would rather do this than the laundry. So it's <laughs> I you know, agree. It's with so her. funny because learning to cook really does sometimes for kids come out of necessity, you know, just needing to learn because mom's not there to do it or mom can't do it. I mean, I know when I was working in the city full time till eight o'clock at night, 
my son in junior high school had to start dinner. You know, if he wanted to eat, he had to cook it. Otherwise, he had to wait. And, you know, so hearing you now and so many of my friends saying they're just overwhelmed that they have to put together three meals a day now for everybody. I mean, somebody said to me, I wish we only needed to eat once a day. That's yeah. it. One meal a day. That's it. And not be hungry. Yes. So I totally get it. But I have to tell you that your book sounds like exactly what I need in the kitchen because I'm taking these baby steps now. I've cooked and I've always cooked, but I don't cook, you know, anything that that's beyond 10 steps or a little bit more difficult in a recipe. If I have to brown it before it goes in the crock pot, forget about it. So I'm <laughs> learning to do these things now and to take the time and to enjoy it. So it, it sounds like it's not just for kids, but maybe beginner cooks too. I think it's really good. You know, I think it's great for, you know, like I said, tweens and teens, but also it's perfect for new cooks. And it's a, like, if you have a kid who's about to go to college, this is the book for them because it just breaks down the steps, but it doesn't do it in a way. It's not like geared toward littles, you know, it's geared toward basically, I mean, tween, I mean, I'm sorry, tweens are pretty precocious. Like it's geared toward tween adults and it's really, it's something that anybody can use. And there's a lot of science behind the cooking too, because I know, you know, kids are curious about that stuff. Like, why do you have to heat the oil before you add the garlic? Like, why is that important? Now tell me what adult doesn't need to know that also. You know, it's going to improve anybody's cooking. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you need to heat the oil before <laughs> you put it on? Exactly. See, it's, it's so true. You want the oil to get hot because, um, First thing you want to heat the pan. If you this is such an interesting thing about the thermic the thermodynamics of metal. So you put a, a pan on your fire and the metal actually expands as you heat it up. And then you put the oil in after the pan has gotten a little bit hot and the oil can fill in and it can spread so much more easily in this hot pan. And so the pan becomes more nonstick than if you heated up everything together when it was cold. And then you add your garlic and then you know that that garlic hitting the oil is going to start browning immediately. And it's going to have the immediate reaction and you're going to have the best flavor that way, because that way you have the browning on the outside, but you're not going to get that burning and you're not going to get soggy garlic if it all comes up together. So there's a reason that you do these things in stages and just like little notes to kids about why that's important it helps them get it and retain it and also helps them be able to experiment on their own because once they understand the principles are like okay so that works with garlic does it work with onions yes it does and then they can go from there and create their own dishes because they really I mean if once kids start cooking like they love it they just start they really like they're they're in control man they get there they are in charge and letting kids be in charge of the kitchen is like the best gift you can give them and yourself if you you know <laughs> let them cook so true I think the other thing I realized one of my daughters um whose college didn't move them onto campus so she lived in an apartment with two other girls or in a house and they there were three of them so they each cooked dinner twice a week and then one night a week they ordered in or picked up or whatever um and one of them was vegan <laughs> so Everything my daughter kind of knew to make for me was not going to work. <laughs> right, right. Because I'm a big, like, just make a roast. If you can make a roast chicken, like, you will always be popular. Like, you will yep. have come people come to your house. So she was like, what do I make? You know, I'm not going to make a big roast tofu. So <laughs> <laughs> it was really interesting to see, um, you know, kind of she had to research recipes in a different way than I do. Um, I actually 
like pretty much live on the New York Times cooking app and Smitten Kitchen. Like those are my two go tos. Mm -hmm. And she was like, I I don't want to just leave the meat out. Like it was so hard, but it really was great. Like she had to sort of challenge herself in a way that I've actually never challenged myself with cooking. Um, And she came home and I was like, well, now you can make dinner. (laughs) Yeah, because if you can (laughs) do it for your friends every week, you can do it here. And now you can make us something for dinner that we probably haven't made for ourselves because you're not thinking vegan necessarily, right? Like it's a different, which is is actually really, I think um, I'm seeing this with, you know, people learning how to cook they being able to control what they eat like if they're vegan if they're vegetarian if they have dietary restrictions like that also takes out a lot of anxiety of eating and cooking knowing that they can control the food that they eat so i think and more and more kids really care about this stuff yeah i think you know the only other thing i i really think about when i think about my daughter's cooking and even myself is um a knife skills class like i realize I was never taught, you know, I just watched a lot of Food Network. I'm like, I think this is how they do it. It works. Um, But what do you think about something like that? Like where, like, are there classes for sort of younger kids on how to do that? Well, I recommend in the book that first of all, you know, when you're just starting out and learning how to use a knife, um, you should pick, find a knife in your, you know, go to your parents' knife drawer, pick out the knife that fits in your hand. And it's probably not going to be that giant, you know, 10 inch chef's knife like <laughs> you see on TV, you know, because that's actually probably, it's too big for me. It's probably yeah. going to be too big for your kid. So find, you know, help them find a knife that fits in their hand. So a paring knife, of course, is going to work, but also you know, the smaller, like six, seven inch chef's knives or, you know, those are great because they're smaller and it's all about your knife needs to be an extension of your hand. So you need to control it. It needs to feel comfortable. And then once you've picked out your knife, I say, go online with your kids and just watch a bunch of YouTube videos on knife techniques. You don't even need to go to a class. I mean, you can do an online class. Those are great, but you don't need to just watch a couple of videos. YouTube is full of them. And because it's really not that, first of all, there's three or four, there's, I think, three different grips that are correct. There are many correct ways to hold a knife. And what you want to do is you want to figure out what's the most comfortable for your particular hand. So watch them and then practice, watch them in the kitchen. And you should do that with your kid because your knife skills are going to improve also. And then your kid is going to get more comfortable. Plus, they have someone else teaching them. And again, it's like the parent thing. It's like, you know, the parents can never teach the kids as well as someone else, mm-hmm. but you're right there. So I, I think that's like an important first step to getting everybody's knife skills, you know, up to snuff. And talk to me a little bit about cooking smaller, um, cooking for two, making these, you know, these holiday dinners or even just regular dinners. You know, do you do you cook for two? Do you, do you still cook for four or six and freeze? Do you use a... Um, a food saver, like a vacuum sealer? How do you, you know, like, what do you do now to make it easier? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I still cook. I, you know, I mean, I think when you're cooking something that does keep, like, you know, you're not going to roast half a chicken, right? Like, you just, you're going to roast a chicken. (laughs) (laughs) And that's going to, I mean, and you're going to, you know, so there's more, I mean, I am finding that I'm being more creative with the leftovers. Um, which is great. I mean, using leftovers creatively is actually a whole thing that I think right now, you know, we're all embracing. Um, Freezing things is really important. You know, I'm not going to cook a little, I just, I guess I'm just not cooking small amounts of food, except when it comes to like fancy food. Okay. So, you know, we're not having dinner parties, right? So maybe 
I don't know. I I was thinking about making braised short ribs the other day, you know, for, or for, I was going to make them. Actually, I was thinking about making them for Hanukkah. So I was like, well, I'm not going to make four pounds of braised short ribs. That's just going to, even if I could freeze it, which I can, it just seems like too much. So there's no reason you can't have a recipe. Um, so I don't, I think it all just depends like on, does it freeze as well as, does, if it, if I, does it freeze as well as it tastes when I first make it? Like if it's going to freeze perfectly, like tomato sauce freezes perfectly, you might as well make the whole tomato sauce, a roast chicken. You're not going to make half a roast chicken. So you're going to figure out how to use the leftovers. Um, beans, like bean soups are so good to have in the freezer. Um, and they're actually, you know, talk about the lunch problem that we've all been having, you know, like making lunch, having soup in the freezer has been our saving grace for this whole, like as soon as the weather got cold, we put, I made soup, put it in the freezer, and then my husband or my daughter could just pull it out and defrost it. And I don't even need to know about it. So that has been, um, so I guess I'm, I'm sort of thinking out loud because I don't have an answer about the way that I've, I guess I don't have a strategy, but I guess I go case by case. In general, I think I probably cook about the same amount of food, but for those, those short ribs, I think I'm going to have that recipe. That makes sense. I mean, I do think it gets, I mean, I think with Thanksgiving of all the holidays, I think that was probably the hardest for all of us to get through. I don't know. Did you feel like, you know, not having yeah. the crowd around the table? Yeah. Having the laptop on the table with the little Zoom faces was not the same. <laughs> it actually was the first Thanksgiving I ever went to a restaurant. Um, and I have hosted Thanksgiving for 20 my entire life. So it was the first Thanksgiving I wasn't with my son because he's down in D.C., and I did go into the city, into Tribeca, and it was so gorgeous. I met my sister and her husband, and we sat outdoors at a restaurant without even a coat on. Wow. And it was nice to be with them, but it was so weird being in a restaurant at Thanksgiving. Yeah. Bizarre. I never want to do it again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, hopefully by next year, we'll all be back to, you know, piling in the guests and Ugh. pulling out the folding chairs and right. <laughs> all that stuff. I guess in some ways... It was, it was kind of a nice reset, though, I think, for a lot of people, um, you know, that sometimes all of those pressures, like, it's so nice when everyone's there, but it is a lot, that preparation beforehand, and it is a lot afterwards, um, and sometimes maybe it was nice to have one year of, like, all right, we're going to kind of all reset <laughs> and then yeah. doubly appreciate next year or just, I don't know this one's a wash. So <laughs> just do it again. Yeah. Maybe we're just going to save up our entertaining yayos for next year. We're going to like <laughs> let them all out. <laughs> right. That's what I keep saying about the parades. I'm like, I think every parade is going to have to be a mishmash, massive celebration parade. Um, but yeah, well, this was so helpful, Melissa. Thank you. We love having you on. Uh, thank you so much. I love talking to you all. It's just, it just makes me happy. So thank you. Good. Well, we're happy to have you on all the time. You churn out a cookbook like every six months. So <laughs> tell you, Garrett, we're happy to make have a living. <laughs> yeah, we're happy to have you on every time. Um, I have like a little Melissa Clark cookbook section that just keeps expanding. It's like I always kick one out when I get a new one. So I'm like, hmm, <laughs> haven't used you since college. Like, bye bye. Um, but thank you. This was really great, and hopefully everyone will be inspired to like make cookies and not have a, a sad holiday. Just figure out a way yes. to. Cookies. Cookies. Cookies for all. <laughs> I need cookies for beginners. <laughs> a cookie kid in the kitchen. Yeah. Yep, well, there's it. a bunch of cookie recipes in there for you. So. Perfect. Yeah. I'm going to take pictures of them for you. Awesome. Excellent. <laughs> Thank you, Melissa. Thanks so much. Thanks. Bye. Bye. We will be right back with our Bites of the Week. 
We are back with our Bites of the Week. Amy, what do you have? I have um, basically the only phone grip that has made me confident enough to not have any kind of case on my phone. And it's actually a company that Andrea and I saw earlier this year at CES in the before times when we were with lots of people. And they had like an old version of this product that they gave me a free sample of. I didn't love it. It was a good idea, but it wasn't like really well executed. They totally redesigned it. I bought the new version. It's called the O-Snap Grip. And it is amazing. Like, it's it's super strong. It's a magnet. So, like, even if I don't have one of their holders or any other holder around, like, I had to take a, a selfie of myself yesterday. I just stuck it to my microwave. Um, it, like, you can either stick your finger into it for secure, a secure grip or you can turn it into a kickstand so that you can stand your phone up at a couple of different angles you can buy car chargers, which I did. You can buy regular chargers, which I did. Um, it, you can buy like little metal plates to stick places. Like if you have a particular place where you you know that you're going to want to hang your phone, you can stick one of those to the wall and then you can just stick it there. Um, it's so versatile. It's so good. And you can charge through it. Like in my bedroom, I don't have one of their chargers. I just have my old she charger and I can charge right through the grip. So cannot recommend this highly enough. It would make a great gift, great stocking stuffer. Um, it's called O-Snap. That sounds awesome. You know, it's so funny that you said that because I had the original version as well in purple, by the way. Yeah. And I loved it. I loved it. In fact, it's still on the back of one of my phone cases. And I used it with a wire, with a a magnetic car charger mount. So I just stuck it to the mount in my car, but I didn't have to like go through a whole thing to, to get a magnetic case. And when I went to go buy another one, I saw that they don't have it anymore and they had a different version and I didn't like the way that looked. Oh, that's so weird. So you're telling me it's worth looking at. I love it. And I didn't huh. like the old one. I thought that the old one had that little metal part that stuck out in order yeah, to yeah. kind of, yeah. But I kept it doesn't it, stick out. It's flat. It mine Maybe mine was defective. Like mine stuck out and I kept getting it snagged on things. And oh, no, no. Yours was broken. This one, the grip is like, it's on like um, silicone bands. So you can kind of pull it out and then it, it goes back in when you're done. Got it. Huh. All right, well, we'll have to trade or send me one. <laughs> I'll have to get one and see. That's funny because I like the first that one. That sounds cool. All right, I have um, I have one product and one other thing. So let me start with the product. This is the least sexy holiday gift you can ever get somebody. But let me tell you something. I love this. It is the Hoover Smart Wash Automatic Carpet Cleaner oh, for wow. pets. Wait, I have now, it. No. <laughs> yes. Is yours purple? No, mine's mine is, purple? yours is purple. Mine is, <laughs> I want to say mine's blue. Okay. All right. Well, mine is purple. It's it, 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 like, I remember going to the grocery store and renting carpet cleaners, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. right? We would like rent them for a day and you'd have to get all the carpets done in one day and get it back by 24 hours. And what a rigmarole. 
This is like, I can wheel it around. I don't have to lift it. It's like a regular stand-up vacuum, but it's got attachments. You put this automatic, you put this cleaning solution in it. You fill the thing with water. It's so easy. And I went into my front bedroom and I, you push it forward and it cleans. It puts out soap. And you can also, there's a sprayer that you can pre-treat, like if there's lots of, you know, cat dirt or something. And then when you pull it back, it dries. And I was kind of confused because I'm like, well, I don't want to dry it. I want to go over it again and again and again. And so now I'm making the carpet crazy. Why? Wet, dry, wet, dry. But when it dries, it's kind of extracting. And that's when it extracts the dirt, I have oh. learned. Because let me tell you something. I took a picture and I will send it to you, Amy. The water in this thing was black, oh, black, yeah, it's black. So gross. So <laughs> and it's disgusting. like, wait, I lie on this floor and I do my workouts. And this is <laughs> <Yeah>. disgusting. <laughs> Every time I've I've rented one, I'm like, I sit on that couch. Oh my god. Oh like, my yeah, god. So disgusting. Well, this is like built for for pets. It's got an eight foot attachment hose. It's got a little accessory bag. It's got comes with cleaning solution. I love the trigger thing that you can pre treat. And it's it's great. It's great. I, I, use I might it. have to check that out because we adopted two kittens last week. I know. I'm so excited about and, your kittens. You know, we'll <laughs> see. I, I don't know if they'll be the ones making the messes or if the existing cat will be making messes out of jealousy, but we'll see. How <laughs> oh, God. Well, that's why we got ours. Right. We got ours because of the puppy because um, there came a, there was a week. <laughs> where, uh, where she ate something at the dog run oh, and that was really the end of the rug um and i was like this yep. is ridiculous i can't keep going through rugs like this is well bananas. or also You're how long can you get disposable. on your your hands right. and knees with a sponge and resolve carpet yeah, cleaner and it, like and it yeah. sort of like stays damp and then it, you're like oh is it moldy now the pad underneath like the whole thing so yeah and that's Corey why this is me, so cool because it dries i mean you yeah. know of course it's going to be wet for a couple of hours but it really does extract the water and dries so it's 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 yeah it's kind of cool yeah it's really fun to watch but i don't bite off more than i can (laughs) chew i really i do one room that's it i do one room i bring it back in the garage then like the next weekend i do another room yeah yeah (laughs) okay and then here's just a fun thing um that because you know like letters to santa i think have gotten lost with email and covid and everything else and here in my community we did like a giving tree for the Salvation Army and everyone, you know, read a thing from a kid of what they want and we're donating. So um, T-Mobile is doing real-time video calls with Santa. And I just, Aww. I think this is so cute, right? Because all these kids are home doing video calls with school and video calls with their grandma. So starting uh, now, actually, through Wednesday the 23rd, anyone, you don't have to be a T-Mobile customer can go online and schedule a free video call with Santa on santacalling.com. And then they send you a video of your chat with Santa so you can share it with your grandparents and all that kind of stuff. Now, here's the thing. You have to go online and sign up, and the time slots open every day on the website at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern time. So you sign up for a slot. Then they send you an email confirmation and then you get a link to join your video call. So I think it's a cute thing. Is it like getting a Disney dining reservation where you need to be on there like the minute it opens? Ah, uh, yeah, I don't know. I myself haven't tried it, but um, yeah, you might want to. You might want to do it right at noon or whatever time zone you're in. Santa's going to be popular. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Boy, Santa has it easy this year. You know, he doesn't have to. <laughs> Not a lot of lap to... sitting. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, all right, so mine, I don't know if you could get this as a last minute gift because uh, it might be, I think the personalization will make it too long, but it's still a really cute gift. So if you want to do like New Year's or if you want to think ahead to Valentine's Day, um, this could be a cute gift. So um, you guys know those cashmere sweaters that have the stuff embroidered on them, like vote. They have like sayings on them. So a lot of them are have been political sayings, and it's sort of like a classy way to wear a political saying rather than a t-shirt. <laughs> um, so like if you go, so this is a um, this is an Etsy shop called the Lady Doth, and she does these custom. They're one hundred percent cashmere. Um, crew neck sweater so they're like really nice Um, and you pick your sweater and you pick your thread color and she can write anything so what she shows on her store is like a lot of the political ones people had which was like wear the damn mask which is like hilarious and like pink cursive you know (laughs) Um, (laughs) embroidery on cashmere like the more ironic the better Um, but you know vote um when there are nine, resist, whatever. But you could literally do anything. You could do someone's name. So we had just ordered this for my mother-in-law for her 80th birthday with her name embroidered on the front. Um, so they're really pretty and they're really, I don't know, they're like a, a really nice, substantial, personalized gift rather than... Um, like a box. Yeah, or a like a, a really terrible grandma sweater. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like with a snowman on it. And this is actually like if you have a classy grandma, <laughs> that's like my mother-in-law. If you have fancy grandma, um, this is the gift for you. But also super good gift for like a teenager um, or a girlfriend or whatever. So I love this Etsy shop. I love Etsy anyway but I find it very hard to find things on Etsy so when people find things for me on Etsy I'm always really excited um so we'll put a link to this again the shop is called the Lady Doth and it's it's $136 because it's cashmere but it's personalized and it's um you know could be one of a kind so we'll remind people before like Mother's Day and yeah when we all have Christmas and Hanukkah in July right exactly when we when we have our giant Hanukkah Christmas, Christmas Thanksgiving, St. Patrick's Day, Easter, Passover. Um, yeah, Kwanzaa, Diwali, <laughs> throw it all in there. Um, yeah, so anyway, that is my bite. That is our show for today. You can find links to everything we talked about at our show page at parentingbites.com. Also at facebook.com slash parentingbites, where you will find links to all of the shows as well. And you can also leave us comments or suggestions. Please rate, review, subscribe, and share wherever you are listening right now. And until actually, we will be um, doing some best ofs for the next couple weeks, and we will talk to you again in the new year. Until then, happy new year and happy parenting. See you next year. Happy new year. Hey, this is our Parenting Bites disclaimer. Everything we talk about on the show is our own opinion. Any products we recommend, it's our own personal recommendation for entertainment purposes only. If you buy something through our affiliate links or you just happen to buy or see or read or watch something that we've recommended, it's at your own risk.